Are you supposed to say Rick Bronson's the comic strip or Rick Bronson's comic strip? I call it Rick Bronson is the comic strip. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the walls. <laughs> I, I call Rick the comic strip. <laughs> and I call his club Rick Bronson's. <laughs> Bronson. Best green rooms in the business. <laughs> <laughs> the back row of the theater. It's weird that like a former comic is just like, uh, you know, no we just don't do green rooms flat out. Like we just we just <laughs> Minneapolis, Edmonton, Phoenix. There's not one green room anywhere. Well, I because I, I listen to comedy podcasts occasionally, and they'll always rip like the Bronson's uh, green room situation in Minneapolis and Edmonton. Wow, where you have to sit in a boot room, like if you you know, like basically if you're a comedian and you come to Edmonton, if you're an American comic and you come to Edmonton and you ask for the green room, it's usually because you're like a so, super introvert. Yeah, or, right. you, or you're more famous than you think you are. Because you have to go upstairs and be kind of away from everything. Yeah, and can you even hear it in there? You can probably just hear the music, extra intro stuff. Yikes. Yeah, no, that is not a... that uh, Comic strip doesn't even... I never thought they even had a green room. Like, I was just always like, oh, it's the back row it's of the, the club. I think it's the, chain, like, it's the employee change room. Yeah. And if they know that a headliner is like, where the fuck's the green room? I, I want to go to the green room. Yeah. They'll be like, ah, oh, Christ. And then they'll... Set up the pickup they'll, picnic table. Yeah, they'll, <laughs> the old Dutch. They'll make the girls move their backpacks to the other side of the change room. Everybody move your backpacks over here. You can't bring your back, backpacks in tonight. There's a prima donna here. <laughs> <laughs> There's some fucking goof who thinks he's so great he needs a place to chill before performing. <laughs> Where's your favorite green room? Um, the rumors. No, I'm just kidding. There's, there isn't one there either. <laughs> It's a yeah. I don't. I don't. Where is the best green room? Edmonton Yuck Yucks I is mean, a sweet green room. It's nice because like right behind the stage, but yeah. then you get you get to listen to the entire conversation of the comics that came to watch you talking in the back. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, but uh, but it is it is a nice green room. Just like you close the door, you're in your own little private room. You, yeah, like there's a you, bathroom. That's actually huge. Yeah, you can. I mean, if you're the kind of comedian that doesn't like interacting or interfacing with the crowd at all oh, yeah, it's perfect. you can just zip on through and you don't have to see them ever yeah it's perfect so it's kind of nice i think my favorite one would be in calgary at the yucks. calgary yucks yeah i think it's more just the people there are nice but it's not even just people like it's a nice little back room right next to the bar it's yeah. not in the space at all I like ones like the Edmonton Yucks. The reason I like it is because you know when the other guy's closing, pretty much. Like, oh fuck, yeah. they're closing. I'll go out there. Yeah, you can't just sit and like wait. The Calgary there. Yucks, you do have to kind of like Pay be engaged and leave the room. Fucking be engaged in other Boring. comedy. Boring. <laughs> no, thank you. But the great thing about the comic strip is you get because uh, for Canadian comics, we you we can't really misbehave. Right, no. like so, whatever club you go to, whatever booker you're working for, manager, or whatever, yeah. you've got to kind of play ball. Like yes. they, wherever they send you, whatever the accommodations are, whatever the pay is, whatever the travel arrangements are, yeah. whatever it is, you've got to just accept it, or you're probably gonna get frozen out. There are there are t- at least ten comics in this country though that do like complain. If they're not getting the Western experience, you know what I mean? Yeah. That kind of thing. Like yeah. If they're not getting the full, but I mean, that's like the rest of us, the we other, the yeah. other 500 have to just play ball. Oh, you know, where's a good green room, the new Niagara Falls yak yaks. They, yeah. And they treat you the best out of any, and Calgary Trist is amazing too, but every time I've gone there, um, they just like, they're generous. They took us to Ruth Chris. 
<laughs> yeah. Like they were really nice. Pretty good. And so hopefully this continues. And like like the owner it there is. <laughs> <laughs> but Are you sure you? It's gonna go from Bruce Chris to Quiznos. Fast. Yeah, it's pretty quick. Pretty quick. Or <laughs> you can have a grilled steak. No, you can't even get the steak on the sub. It's just like. But sorry. that's what's great about the American. Like you know, it's been that's what's been nice over the years of having the comic strip here. Yeah. Because it's so American heavy and it's, you know, 99% American. Yeah. You get sort of uh, to see the other side of the coin in comedy where there's all of a sudden there's people that you've never heard of. Yeah. But they've got a huge ego. They're yeah. big into themselves. They're like the braggadocious, the level of braggadociousness is just off the fucking charts. Do they have like a following? The, in, uh, to a certain extent. And they do have some credits, but like. They're walking around the club like a household name. Yeah. Right. They're walking around the club like, you know, like, like I'm trying to think of somebody who hasn't raped anybody. Um, <laughs> I was going to say Louis C.K. and then I was going to say Bill no. Cosby. Oh, but you were not going to say <laughs> was, those two. <laughs> you were not going to say in my that. Mind. Oh, my God. I only care if you're a comedian if you also are a rapist. <laughs> um, but no, these. Uh, so the, these American guys come up and they have, and they just, they, they'll call, they'll be at the condo yeah. and call the club and say, yo, where the fuck's my ironing board? Come on over and show me where it is. Show me how to iron. And somebody from the club will go over and show them where the fucking ironing board is. Really? You know? Yeah. Like, so, or like this condo isn't good enough. I want to be at the hotel. Okay. We'll move you to the hotel. Like things that as a Canadian comic, you, you're just like, oh my well, God. you can't do that. You Imagine. can't ask for that. You'll, you'll never be back. Right. And then they do come back and you're like, hey, that prima donna came back. Yeah. It's like, you know, so the guy that I was working with last week, I've never seen anybody. It was like watching Kanye West do stand up on the late show or on uh, all of them, on all of them yeah. in terms of like the level of on stage confidence yeah. and bragging. I'd never seen it before because like, as Canadian comedians, usually your punchlines are like. Yeah, I'm fucking don't have any money or I don't have a car or I don't have anything. And then this this guy's on stage like, I'm rich. <laughs> I'm rich, period. I have way more fucking money than anybody in here. I have two trucks. I have a Maserati. Uh, and then he would talk about like philanthropic things he's doing, like Ugh. helping children learn languages and was stuff. Was it funny? Well, the stuff that he was doing that was, brag- that was bragging wasn't funny. Yeah. But then he would get into a story, and his stories were great. How would he weave that in? He didn't need to. He was like, he would say, like, I am one of the greatest storytellers in America, and here's one of my stories, and then do that story with that as the preface. Like, if I went on stage at any point and said, this is one of the best jokes fucking ever, and then told it, people would be like, no, it isn't. You know, like you just, yeah, there's, I mean, I don't, it was just, I've never seen anybody set their comedy up that way. And if anybody spoke, uh, they were like, shut the fuck up or I'll fight you. You know, like that was, it was kind of, because the comic strip is just notoriously chatty. It's kids that are waiting to do other shit on Bourbon Street later on. Yeah. You know, so they're young, they're drunk. They don't have, you know, they don't give a shit. Yeah. So, you know, but he'd be up there and he would, like if they spoke, he would stop the entire show and just focus on this and just tell them like, if you don't, you, you can leave or I'll fight you and kick the fuck out of you. <laughs> and so over the course of the, like 15 or 20 minutes, he would have the crowd like quiet and scared to laugh, too scared to laugh. No, but they would still laugh. Oh. Like he would. So I was like, this is really interesting. Cause he's, he's threatening them. Yeah. 
and he's telling them how great he is and how much better he is than they are. Oh my god! And then going in and telling a story and still succeeding, like yeah. still doing well. And I was like, Jesus Christ! Like this takes so much self confidence. Oh, to be like, I'm fucking great. You're lucky to have me here. Anyone with a lot of blind self confidence will be a star. They will because they have when a better you have, chance. Yeah. All the people that I've known that like, I'm just like, well, they're okay, but they get successful, successful. They are so confident in themselves and everything. And yeah. I mean, well, yeah. Cause you build up a, like as a, you know, as somebody who puts themselves out there and gets rejected occasionally, yeah. you build up this scar tissue of like, you know, okay, that person didn't like it. Okay. This person had something yeah. shitty to say about it or whatever. <laughs> And you just build up this scar tissue of like you start taking fewer and fewer chances because you're like, no, I tried that before and it didn't work out. Whereas, yeah, the people who are so delusional that those little nicks and cuts don't build up any scar tissue. It doesn't affect them. It doesn't hold them down. Yeah. It's just noise to them. Like they don't care. It's like it's sort of like almost being like a bit of a sociopath about it. Where like people might have shitty things to say about their comedy, but they're like, well, you're nobody. You're zero. (laughs) Why would I fucking care what you think? Whereas people like us would read a comment from somebody who doesn't even have their real name. Yeah. And we'd be like, yeah. Well, I am terrible. Jim, 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 7849 is right. I do have meaty beef curtains. Somebody <laughs> wrote that under a YouTube video once. It's like, kind of funny. She's probably got meaty beef curtains. <laughs> meaty beef curtains? That's pussy racist. It was funny. I, I that mean, sounds I was pussy just racist. like, oh, whatever. I don't know if it's racist. I don't know if it's right. Maybe. <laughs> Pussy. Why are big pussies better than little pussies? I don't know. I don't even know what what, uh, <laughs> what puffy bo- is it. I bet she has meaty beef curtains. Like she's like thick. I got a thick vagina. <laughs> <laughs> that vagina. That is chick's fat. got thick walls, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and take a crack at it. <laughs> like putting it in a hamster's ass. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but. Oh my god. Thick walls on that one. <laughs> Trump would love her. <laughs> Trump would be into this. Oh, bit. build up those thick walls. <laughs> Keep those Mexican dicks out. That's what I liked about Kathleen, her thick walls. She had some thick walls behind her emotional know. walls. I don't know. That's gross. I've been watching too many reality dating shows right now, so I'm really like uh, hearing about, let me take down your emotional wall. My problem is that I have a, my wall up all the time. That's all the hot people's yeah. problem with not finding love. Like, I don't trust, I cannot trust anyone, blah, blah, blah. I'm so tired of watching these dating shows with hot people. Yeah. I do. they just had nothing but dick thrown at them their whole life. Yeah. Or the guys have been nothing but pussy their whole life. And they're trying to be like a sympathetic character. I just want to see Tinder do a show called Tinder and be real about it. because And show the real people. on Like not just like hot influencers that are in, on Tinder and get paid. I'm like, I would like to see a dating show where it's just people. Someone said, I was talking to, about this to somebody. And <laughs> she's like, well, it's just boring because that's just all of us. I'm like, I know. I would love to see a regular people on a date. More really? than hot people all the time. It's like how I like amateur porn. You're not into the pro stuff? Not as much. <laughs> <laughs> I like gay porn with men, and I like amateur porn. You know what's funny is I wonder if, if porn is like comedy, where there's all these pro porn people that are like, listen, you fucking amateurs. <laughs> <laughs> that is not you're, how you do a DP. You're, you're costing everybody a lot of money. 
with your amateur porn. <laughs> you and your boyfriend on a futon. I get it. You'll do It's kinky. You'll do it for a hundred dollars. Wait till you're trying to pay your rent with your pussy. <laughs> You'll regret those amateur videos. They're not gonna log on to your pro site when they get all your AMs for free. Hey guys, I have my own YouTube channel now. Like, forget it, bitch. I have sixty videos. I've seen the inside of you. Um, yeah, you and your thin walls. You and your thin walls. You're not. I like that thick wall pussy porn. Thick wall pussy porn. <laughs> yeah, put that in your you porn search engine. I'm sorry. Put it in. Can you put it in and see what comes up? Thick wall pussy. Porn. I can't wait. To, and this is going to be on Jim's porn search history. It's just going to say, "I'm sorry. Part. I'm sorry. What? I, I think I." <laughs> I think you I can know. put anything into. You can put anything. <laughs> What's this you got to go to Pornhub, but you go, you can do put anything to Pornhub and something will come up. Pornhub. Okay, here Why, we go. What's your preferred pornography site? That's yeah, see, that's dangerous, right? Because that's like, hey, you want to watch this again? Like, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Thick wall pussy porn. porn. I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that would be funny. It was like, what you were last watching. Does it say anything? No, it's mostly thick uh, male. <laughs> oh, oh, thick male. Yeah, right. thick in the title. Right. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Every board where it's like describing, what a, oh, yeah, little girl takes a thick ass car. <laughs> <laughs> it's always a, a thick throbbing dick. And it's never a big girl. No. Big girl takes little dick. Like, <laughs> Stop it! That's woman, my life. woman who's had seven children <laughs> takes a tiny <laughs> prick. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. I like a lot of air in my porn. <laughs> I think I should make some money. I should. I just get into the porn business and just do fat girls that fuck tiny dick. <laughs> <laughs> fat girl, tiny dick. Watch her pretend to love it. <laughs> Watch her pretend she can't take a bigger one. Oh, my God. Oh, this is maximum dick, Frank. Couldn't take another fucking oh, millimeter. Oh, this thing is insane. Wow. I can't, yeah, my, I'm not going to be able to walk tomorrow. <laughs> That's <laughs> gross. This little tiny dick. It turned into porn talk. Porn talk. I don't know. That's what the people want. The people Do want they like sex. porn talk? Well, did you see like Cardi B, uh, Jermaine Dupri, was that who was it said something about, oh, all rap girls just talk about sex. It's the same argument that a lot of female comics get, even me and that's all I What do they about. think? Oh, all you talk, oh my God, all she talks about is sex. So, but like, I think, was it, what's his name? Well, who was the guy that was married to Janet Jackson? It wasn't Jermaine Dupri, is that his name? Frick, I can't remember. He, I think it was him. And then he says something like, all female rappers, all they do is sing about their pussy and uh, there's nobody that does anything but sex. And then Cardi B came back at him and she was like, yeah, it's because I put out a song that had nothing to do with sex and nobody listened to it. <laughs> like nobody would listen to anything yeah. other than my shake my pussy, shake my ass songs. Yeah. And like, so what do you expect us to do? And there's plenty of like female rappers out there that are like, not talking about sex and nobody knows what they are. Yeah, I, I don't. Women listen. aren't allowed to be smart. Yeah, sometimes. they're not allowed. Well, I mean, you know, what are male rappers talking about? I was expecting you to be someone like, yeah, women aren't smart. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna. <laughs> talk I don't know. About that. Male rappers are talking about 
a lot of sex. Um, yeah, for sure. Or being shot at because that is a, I mean, it's a huge, no, it's a huge theme. There's a lot of like, I'm not, I didn't theme. mean to say like that. I'm high. I'm sorry. But like, but it's a thing that they say about because it's happening to everybody there. Oh my God. This <laughs> <laughs> what I else just, do black people do, Kathleen? <laughs> I feel awful right Let's now. do a racist story one word at a time. Black. <laughs> say, just say man. Black. <laughs> say the first thing that comes to mind when I say this color of a human being. Black. Cock. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first thing that comes to mind. Oh, you sicko. Sicko. Crazy yeah, pervert. I, I, went, I did a golf tournament. I didn't do the do comedy at it, but I played with me and Kent Tilly. Really? The sponsor of this the podcast. The sponsor of this podcast. He still has at least a couple. Temporarily. You know what I feel like doing? Just continuing on. Even if he's like, nah, thanks. We'll just keep going. And if he likes it, he can keep sending us money. And if he doesn't, yeah. too fucking bad. Thanks for your support. <laughs> <laughs> too fucking bad. I don't know why I talk like this about Kent. He's the most amazing He is a good person. guy. But we, it was funny because we played. And it was, it was interesting to see be at an event where there was like an entertainer. but And we weren't part of the show. Who like, was it? It was, um, he wasn't really, he was an auctioneer oh. who was emceeing the event. So Danny a, Hooper? I don't think it was, he was like, I've, I've worked with him before. Who was the one that they always used for the cancer fundraiser? I think that was Danny Hooper. Some, this guy's like an Edmonton Oiler, like copper jacket weirdo. What? Copper jacket? <laughs> what is you know those? It's weirdo? like these guys that have money and like, we have a copper jacket. What? And so they have these Oiler copper jackets. Like they're, for they're rich like, people? Yeah, they're like, you know, I don't know if it's season ticket holders or like former players or executives or whatever, but there's all these rich white dudes. That <laughs> I have just see a gang of rich old white guys walking down with their copper jackets copper, on. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember seeing this guy in a copper jacket. I'm like, look at this fucking loser, you know? And then we, we did the same. We both emceed the Pigeon Lake Music Festival together. Oh, Great yeah, yeah. gig. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And so, but I'm, I was bound by only being able to do my own material, which is that's some pretty tight handcuffs. <laughs> so I'm up there like just eating it with my own material in front of like drunk people at a f- music festival. <laughs> and then he goes up there and we're doing the same event. Like we'd be doing like live auction stuff, giving away prizes. And he would go up and like, he would just be like, Man walks into a bar like and uh, and so he's he just confidently is telling uh, Scottish, mostly like Scottish based street jokes like yeah. well Martha fill out the car, <laughs> uh oh where did she go? What is that joke? I oh that she's back there. <laughs> oh what the hell's going on with my wife? <laughs> kind of shit like is cop pulls a, cop pulls a Scottish man over the Scottish man like so he's doing it like radio DJ style street jokes with Scottish with accents with an accent that's like some A plus hosting yeah. so he's killing it accents cra- and, and people in the crowd it's like a music festival so they're up in like a mosh pit and I would hear people in this mosh pit going like now that's comedy <laughs> shut up no I'm serious Pigeon Lake oh my god now that's a comedian <laughs> and they're pointing at him like comedian comedian they were Doing they were that. chanting comedian and you pointing at him. Such a liar! And oh so, my God. so they're they're loving him and not liking me yeah, is yeah, essentially yeah. the idea. So then I see him at this golf tournament. I'm like, I fucking I think I know that guy. Yeah. And then he gets up there, and the funny part is, um, he, he's up there, he's emceeing, and it's a golf tournament for the Children's Wish Network. So all of a sudden, he's he's trying to get the crowd going, get the yeah. crowd engaged. He's doing his little street jokes. He's talking fast. 
and the crowd's liking him and he's you know and I'm like and my body's telling me like oh get ready to go on like and it's like no you're not going on like but it was just like seeing somebody doing that made me feel like I needed to get ready to go on <laughs> and then this lady went on with her daughter who had and the her daughter had cancer mm-hmm. and she told this big long emotional story about her daughter's diagnosis and how hard it's been on the family and thank you so much to the Children's Wish Network for all this stuff. And then she... I'm not what? laughing because... What are you, what are you I, laughing about? I'm not laughing because she has cancer. I'm laughing at the anticipation of what the punchline to this story no, there, is. You shouldn't be anticipating. It's not that. So then he gets... So then she does this whole 15-minute story, lots of tears and a big clapping and everything. She leaves and then the MC gets back on, like the, this auctioneer, and he goes, whoa, that sucked the air out of the room. <laughs> And I, was, and I was like, what the fuck did he just say? Did he just say that sucked the air out of the room? Like, and the sad just, part was she had lung cancer. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. Sometimes I have to be no, funny. No, that was fun. But she was, the kid is fine. She's dead. <laughs> no, she isn't dead. Oh my God, Sean. She's near it. But uh, <laughs> anyways, but no, it was just funny to me because I know like, it, it, it's a reminder for me like how bad of a performer I am because yeah. if I said something like that, like if I was emceeing that event and I went up after somebody had explained that their four-year-old daughter had multiple tumors in her brain and I went up and said like, whew, that really sucked the air out of the room, folks. The show would have been in every sense over. Yeah. Like For almost most, most people. They, would, they would not have... This guy... He just kept fucking rolling, like as and if he'd said, "Keep like, it going for them; they're amazing." Like he's just like, "I fucking like two Scottish guys walk into a porn parlor." Is this guy Scottish, or he just has, he just can do a good no? It's Scottish just accent. Th- that's the if you're gonna do street jokes, yeah. then you might as well throw in any accent you can do into it. Yeah, and he probably had a bunch of Arab ones that he had to drop in 2014 about uh, taxi drivers or whatever. And then he had to be like, ah, oh, fuck, I, got, I can't do all my brown stuff because of these liberals. <laughs> now I'm down to Scottish. I can't do any of Is my telemarketer accents. Is that Jeff accents. Dunham much anymore? He was the, Jeff Dunham was the MC at, the, at Sterling's Just for Laughs Gala last year. Oh, can you remind? <laughs> <laughs> he's still successful. Oh, he's very relevant. Well, I just remember watching it and like, I was like, these puppets are so racist, but it's coming out of a puppet's mouth. So it's like, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. I still okay. don't blame Jeff. <laughs> no, I watched the Aziz Ansari um, special i never watched specials but someone was like oh my god it's so good and i watched it and i'm like this is so much preachy pc what was it about it was well he talks about how he was in a me too thing at the beginning and then he just kind of like he just goes off about um i don't know there's a lot of like racial stuff that it's just like i don't know if there was as many jokes as it was (laughs) very it was very preachy i don't know yeah it was okay. Did you I didn't watch like all it. of it? No. I don't think I've watched a whole comedy special in years, though. Like, usually I'll watch the first. It's very rare that I'll watch it straight through the end. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't seen any. I don't. You don't watch none. No. But I didn't like the Aziz Ansari. <laughs> like, even before I did stand-up, if somebody's like, oh, there's this comedy, I'm like, no. Nah. Like, fucking what? I had, yeah, I had never been I haven't seen Anchorman. show and like, stuff. You haven't, I, I haven't seen Anchorman. I've never seen an episode of South Park. Like, I don't know. <laughs> You've never seen South Park? No. Like, I've just never. I've had, to, I've had to drop jokes um, because people were like, that's from South Park. And I'm like, fuck. 
<laughs> not gonna drop that joke, even though what, I haven't what, what, seen what? that episode. <laughs> oh, it was probably their shittiest material, but my best. You know, <laughs> it was their throwaway joke in minute twenty-three, and it was something I was trying to close on. <laughs> but, that was my best closer. <laughs> yeah, so I don't, uh, I don't get down. But we did. I mean, I think we like we. I wanted to talk about our last comic standing experience. Oh yeah, when we did that in Montreal. I don't think we talked about like what, was what, that? what year was that? Two thousand and I have pictures of it somewhere. It's like two thousand and nine, maybe. Yeah, it was me, you, Andrew Iwanek, Welby Santos, and Max Malt. <laughs> yeah, it was a train of Edmonton comedians that went to Montreal. Yeah, to audition for Last Comic Standing in. And I think Last Comic Standing had come to Toronto before or whatever. I think that Vancouver year they only did it bit. in Montreal. That year was just Montreal. That was then, the first time they went to Canada. Yeah. And the, the memorable part of it for me was we went there and got tickets the day before, right? We went to the studio. Because well, we thought we were going to have to line up. And then I like I remember getting there and it was like a snowstorm. And I was like, oh, my God. I'm gonna, I don't want to line up. So I went. I knocked. I just walked upstairs into Club. I think it was in Club Soda. And they were like setting up. And I was like, do we have to line up out here? And they're like, oh, no, you're the first ones. Here's some tickets. And we got one, two, and three, and four, and five. But That's right. We were the first. And then so, they, so that didn't, that kind of guaranteed us a spot the next day. But then we, then we get there, and it's like, here's 20 comedians that have agents that got booked in ahead of right. you. Like, they kept on, like, yeah. pushing. Them. I think by there the time were like we were radio we contest winners. And, and people that had agents. And people that had agents. <laughs> yeah, and people that were tied in with Just for Laughs. Because yeah. Just for Laughs was like, Somehow associated with it. I yeah. don't really remember how. Well, it's Montreal. They filmed it in yeah. Montreal. Some sort but, of so I think that, yeah. So there was like some, and there was a lot of like bigger name comedians at that time that went. Like yeah. a lot of them. There yeah. was like, um, who was like Derek Edwards was there. Orrin Barker was there. Like, you know, Derek Sagan was there. Like there, uh, Steve Patterson. Like the, basically a ton of headliners was, yeah, from across everybody. the country were there. Yeah. And so we, yeah, and those people didn't have to line up. They had a specific time. Yeah. They could come at like 2.15. But that actually hurt them because by the time they got up, the judges had already seen 287 comedians. Oh, I guess so. Right. So we got in when the day was still kind of new and fresh. Yeah. You you got to go to the nighttime show. Yeah, but it was, but the... the, Because Ant liked you. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so the story... The story of that is uh, there was Alonzo Bowden, Kathleen Manigan, and Ant the were the judges. If you and so, so for the people that are younger, Ant was this like um, just an idiot comic, right? He was like, <laughs> yeah. a, like just a just a. I'm wacky and crazy. Yeah, he was like effeminate and yeah. wacky, and you know, he was like, you know, hello, yeah, hi yeah. there, like, yeah. but he nobody thought he was any good. He was garbage. <laughs> so. The other ones, everybody, <laughs> the other ones people respected. Yeah. And so people would sometimes be like, and then Ant went off on this comic, like, as if fucking I care about what Ant thinks. So, you know, we were all kind of like, you know what? And I remember specifically being like, if Ant starts shitting on me, I'm just going to walk off. Like, I'm not going, if I'm, if I'm going to start, I'm going to start doing jokes. And if Ant goes, excuse me, like even if he stops me, I'm just walking the fuck off. I'm not going to have a back and forth with this humorless fucking idiot. <laughs> Maybe if the other two have a word to say, I'll talk to them because yeah. they're, you know, respectable headliners. <laughs> yeah. And then I do three minutes and uh, Kathleen Madigan is like, yeah, it was all right. Like, it's okay. Yeah, it's all right. And then Alonzo Bowden's like, yeah, I mean... Wasn't bad, man. Like, you know, I could take it or leave it. Like, 
And then they go to Ant, and he's like, I loved it. (laughs) (laughs) And and loved it. And then uh, Alonzo Bowden and Kathleen Madigan are like, okay, but if he goes through to the night show, that's on you. And Ant's like, absolutely. He was great. And so I'm walking off like, fuck. Like, I wonder if I tell this part of the story that I I got through because of the shittiest comic saw something special in me. (laughs) People without talent can really spot other people without talent. <laughs> and you're one of them. So, yeah, then I went through. And then it was fun to watch. Like, you get to see the desperation. Like, it was probably, to be honest, like one of the moments in my comedy career where I was like, I can't, you know, I can't be a part of Oh, this. comics were begging. They were begging on stage. And they were so desperate off stage. Yeah. Like, Oh, when to it, when, get on the camera. Whenever yeah. there was an NBC camera around, there were Canadian comedians of all stripes tripping over themselves yeah. to get in front of it and mug for the camera. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. it was sad. It <laughs> made me sick. But to that's see. like reality television. That's like what they want to see. They and there want- was a comedian. This is where I may have gotten in some shit. For the evening show, there's a comedian called Simon B. Cotter who got through. Yeah. Probably on the strong ant vote again. With <laughs> strong <laughs> ant vote. <laughs> so I want to get you a shirt made saying "Ant loves me." And and so they 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 and then they put a sign in front of him because it's NBC. They don't give a fuck about any of us. Yeah. They just write Simon Cotter on the sheet, and he's like, "Excuse me, <laughs> it's Simon B. Cotter." <laughs> and then uh, they go, "All right," and then they give him the sheet and the pen. Like, why don't you throw a B on it, you fucking, you know, here you go. They just throw it at him and then, uh, like, put a B on it. And he goes, why don't you do that? <gasps> and then gives it back to them for them to put the B on it. What? So I thought, like, this is awesome. So when I get mine, I write Sean B. LaComber. <laughs> <laughs> and I just was Sean B. LaComber all night. <laughs> I was introduced as Sean B. LaComber. I never <laughs> spoke a word to Simon B. Cotter, but I th- there w- there was a moment where like they were like, next up from Edmonton, Sean B. LaComber, <laughs> and Simon looked at me like, what the fuck is is he Sean B. LaComber? What the hell? And then I lost to a man in a gorilla costume. Oh so yeah, that you happened. Lost to the gorilla yeah. man. But I that's when I kind of that was my first taste of like, oh, I'll never be successful because. Yeah. Uh, during the nighttime show, everybody else was like desperate to get in front of the camera, yeah. right? Or there were some people that were calculated about it. Like Jerry D would just be on his phone, totally couldn't care less that yeah. this was happening. No, I wouldn't say that, but like he was just on his phone, like texting and didn't care. And then when the cameras came on, he was like crossing his fingers and going, oh, oh I hope I get through. Like, so he was like, you know, which was smart. That yeah. was the smart play. He was playing a character. Yeah. And other people were doing that too. And meanwhile, I'm like standing behind the camera. <laughs> like, and they're like, they're, so they would like move the camera into where I was and I'd be like, all right, let's <laughs> fucking get out of here. So the whole idea was like they had a r- bunch of chairs, like 15 chairs that were tight together so that whenever the cameras came in, they could just pan on everybody. Yeah. And they already had their characters. They had like the gay girl, the, you know, the plucky Canadian Jerry yeah. D. They had the gay guy. Like they had their characters. Yeah. Um, but they, like I was fucking getting out of the way of every shot until finally they were like, don't even fucking 
<laughs> and then they also wanted you to tell a story about, uh, and they never used. Of course, they didn't use it. <laughs> but they were. They wanted you to tell a story about why Last Comic Standing meant so much to you, oh, like yeah. why it meant so much to you personally to be the Last Comic Standing. And I was like, well, my parents were in a car accident. <laughs> And we were, I was in the car. We were all ejected from the vehicle. <laughs> but I went out the side and landed on the ground early. And then my parents came out the windshield and they flew over me. And as they flew over me, they said, please win last comic standing. <laughs> and that was the last thing they ever said. And then they hit the road and both died together. And they were like, and then somebody was like, I could hear somebody's headset like, fuck off, fuck him, like, fuck him, move on. Like, you know, like, but what are they expecting as something like that filming comedians? But they, well, they literally, they didn't want you to tell jokes about it. They wanted you to literally say like, this means so much to me. This is such a big deal. This yeah. is like life and death. This is make or break. I really want to be famous. Americans, like, especially in the talent industry, are very big on stories. Like. Any anytime, like when I had my management in LA, they were like more concerned about what my story was than what my what's act your story? Was. What's your story? Well, we think it's great. You're a Canadian, blah 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 blah. blah. But what else? Story. What is your story? What and else I like, can you do? Like, but that's the same thing with reality television and Last Comic Standing. What's because on all those shows, why is everybody like you know trying to pay for my mom's surgery with this? Like everyone's got like yeah. a little oh, sob yeah, yeah. No, story yeah, about you, why they should, and that's all it is. It's never anything funny. Like I would kill to see something like that show up on one of these comedy shows. Like there's a new one called The Joke Offers. It's some sort of make me laugh or something, and yeah. it's like who's judging it? Oh, something like Chrissy Teigen, uh, little guy, what's his name? <laughs> That's what I love about women. They can never remember little guy's names. <laughs> What's that little guy's name? <laughs> Who's that tall guy? Bill. Like, never forget a tall man's name. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm 6'3". I haven't been able to leverage my height into any pussy throughout my entire adult life. That is pretty strange that you're 6'3 and you can't even. You can't get, no, you don't get <laughs> laid because of it. When you look like this, they're, so it's initially like, he's tall, whoa. No, like, you just have to tell them that you also play hockey and then you can look like anything. Really? Is that? Oh my God. Some of the I don't think that would work for me now. I'm 41. Like, said if you play I play hockey, hockey too. <laughs> Rec League. Rec League. Div, Div 5. We have to have three girls and there's no slap shots. <laughs> I don't know if you want to fuck. <laughs> Would you like to fuck later? I'm asking permission. That's what we have to do these days. Yeah. I play the whole period sometimes. No, I don't think that would work. Nope. But I think that, that oh. w- I think it was just funny that you were like, little guy, what's his name? <laughs> well, oh, he's I'll a have comic. to ask he's another a big, little guy. famous comic. Little guy. Isn't he was he always kind of- with The Rock. Kevin Hart. Oh, Kevin Hart. Okay. <laughs> that really actually solidifies my point because it was one of the most famous comedians in the world. <laughs> you were like, what's that little character's name? <laughs> Black fella, probably got shot. No. <laughs> you and your thick walls. Oh, my God. Can't keep Kevin Hart's love out. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty gross. But anyway, this is... <laughs> It's a, it's a comedy show and they do sketch, uh, uh, like musical comedy, stand-up comedy, and it's the characters and there was ventriloquists and stuff. But it was like, uh, it was just sort of a weird thing to see. And I was like, oh, it's all these 
weird comics. But then there's like one comic from L.A. named uh, Jesus Trejo, who's very funny. Yeah. And he was on it, and he went through, which made me happy. But hmm. uh, it's what was, so but what was your audition like for Last Comic Standing? Like, what was your experience? I told you. Uh, went on, like, did you you went on after me? Yeah. I think the advantage I had too was I was the first. Well, I only went through because of Ant, but I, I think there was eight, ra- the uh, judges didn't know this, but there was like eight, because they didn't differentiate between any of us. Yeah. Like I saw Erwin Barker, who at that time was like, you know, kind of, I guess like hands down the best or one of the best comedians yeah. in Canada at that time. Yeah. And he went to do like a phone thing with his hand, like he was on the oh. telephone and they were like, well, what are you doing? And he was like, I'm just on the phone in the joke. And they're like, oh, man, like, that's so 80s or whatever. That's also a little, that's, like, sort of, like, an automatic thing when you're saying, yeah. so I was on the phone, that's, like, automatic. Yeah, so they, they Ugh, didn't. Nitpicky. So they were like, get out of here or whatever. They didn't even listen to him? No, he, did, he was like, do you want me to continue? And they were like, nah, it's okay. So he did, like, 30 seconds. He did 30 Ugh. seconds, and then they stopped him because of the phone thing, and then he asked if he should continue, and they said, no, don't worry about wow. it. And that was the best comedian in Canada, yeah, right? That's so bullshit. then, so then they had. So when I did it, there was eight people who went before me. They were all people from Montreal who won a radio contest to audition. Oh, okay. So they were just like regular people. Yeah, but as far as the judges knew, I was just like comedian number nine. You know, yeah. like they didn't. They were like, "Who's number one?" They didn't say like, "Oh, radio contest winner." Yeah. You know, they just didn't no. It give just a kept fuck. going in an order. So you weren't that far behind me. Yeah, I was a couple people behind you. And uh, yeah, I know it's just I don't know. I I told a, a, a like sort of like an abortion miscarriage show. That's fun. But it's I thought it was cool. Miscarriage direction. Miscarriage direction. That's what it was. That's what you're about. Yeah. And uh, I thought I did okay. And then Alonzo was like, "Yeah, that was actually really funny, but you're too dirty for network television." And then oh I was like, "Oh, okay." And he and somebody said something. Kathleen Maggot said nothing to me. And then um, somebody. So something up like, oh yeah, you can be on network television. I'm like, that's okay. I don't need to be on network television. <laughs> and then Aunt goes, you don't need to be on network television. Please, sister. And I was just like, I guess I I could go to cable. <laughs> like I'm just yeah. like I'm more of a cable. Sure, <laughs> on the CNN ticker maybe. <laughs> but yeah, it wasn't. Bitch fun. And then they did not dead. put me through. It was so. You know why it sucked. What? Because it was like you did jokes for three comedians who don't laugh at anything anymore, and just a bunch of people in the back crew barely paying attention. I yeah. got a couple of laughs from the back crew, which felt well, the, nice. The judges but. aren't really judges, right? Because the judges are they're trying to increase their profile as well. Yeah. That's why they're there. They're not there, you know, sort to of find. In, they're not there to find talent. They're there to be funny, to yeah. be sharp, to yeah. say stuff that's going to keep them on the show. So you're not really being judged by it's all the people that are the executive producers that are in the van that are telling the cameras where to go, telling the actors what to sort of say. And, you know, and then somebody will go up and beg for it. And then somebody will whisper in their ear, like, give them another chance or don't. Yeah. I wouldn't want to work. You get like 50 people. There were probably 50 people at that audition who begged for it. Right. So they would they would do their set and then they would say like. Uh, thanks for coming in, but, but we're going to take a pass. Yeah. And then they'd be like, please, I need this. I've been dreaming blah, of this blah, blah, forever. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, the executive producers in their ear like, yeah, let him have another crack at it. Or no, move on from yeah. him. You know, We got to get him crying. Get a picture of him crying. So you're trying to impress these judges, but the judges aren't really paying attention to your set. They're paying attention to what they're going to say about your set to be funny. Yeah. So it's not, it's just a weird... It's just a weird system anyway. I 
I like reality television because it's, it's so fake, all of it, and contrived. But I really want to, um, because you remember Trevor Boris? Yeah, I remember Trevor B. He Trevor B. Uh, he he's tall. That's how I remembered his name. Yes. But <laughs> what's that short guy's name? <laughs> Einstein. <laughs> Alberto Einstein. <laughs> <laughs> no, so he's he does a lot of uh, he produces a lot of reality television now, like Hockey Wives, Big Brother Canada. I think he's even doing Big Brother America, and I'm just like, that just seems so interesting. I would love to see what it's like behind, because I just fell into Big Brother. I was not, yeah. I wasn't into, and then I just watched a couple episodes, and now I'm into it because they they have a live feed in the house, so you can watch it at any time. But mm-hmm. then they just pick and choose what they want to air. And apparently on this season, there's been some people that have been saying some awful things, but they won't air it and they don't. So off the TV show, they look like they're monsters. But on the TV show, they only look like kind of assholes. So it's kind yeah. of like, how much do you miss and how much are you hiding? And how boring is it to shoot one of those shows? Can you imagine like oh. The Bachelor? All you do, I mean, it sounds good for a couple of days to like sit around on a, by a pool but like a week of just hanging out all day. Well, if you're a regular person, being surrounded by people that are desperate to be famous is so exhausting. It is. Like, I mean, being in that hallway at Last Comic Standing was exhausting because you're just, you're, it's filled with people yeah. who are desperate to, to be, be famous. famous. Yeah. And they're mugging for this camera. It was like, it was like a, the visual of it would be similar to like a bunch of starving dogs in a hallway. Yeah. And then somebody comes in with like a One couple bone. steaks. Yeah. And then everybody's like, woo! Oh, no. Give me the fucking, please. I know there's only one steak. Give it to but me. But that's because we're fucking in Canada. I'm the biggest dog. We have to take every goddamn chance that comes our way. And that's but why it's. The other thing about Last Comic Standing that was funny was they remember um, there was some like people that got stuck outside. Because we got. They, oh, what they was what, so cold. Yeah, because what they wanted, they had a huge um, staircase yeah. that they could have fit everybody on. Oh, yeah. um, they, made it, they made us right. go outside so they could film us standing yeah. in the snow. So it was like minus 35 with the wind like whipping sideways. It was like awful. It was a snowstorm. It was like unbearably cold. Yeah. And uh, they, but they wanted the, uh, the reason that they went to Montreal was for those outdoor shots. Yeah. Otherwise, they could have just done like an extra LA or an extra New York but or whatever. But they went there on St. Patrick's Day, and normally there wouldn't be that much snow, but it was just like a yeah, freak. Yeah. It was, so they were like, okay, everybody hang out out here. So they were what they were trying to do is bring in Canadiana shit, yeah. right? They were trying to bring in like an RCMP officer and on oh, a there's horse a moose and there's a moose. The like, so they were trying to they wanted to show like this long lineup of Canadian yeah. comedians out in this snowstorm with all these Canadian sort of things happening around it. Yeah. Meanwhile, all these Canadian comedians are like, "Please let us in. We're dying. Like, please let us into that stairway." My feet are frozen. I was not dressed. And for And they're weather. like, "Yeah, in a couple minutes. Like, what? Yeah, in a, yeah, in a couple minutes, we're gonna move into the." stairway yeah. and you'd just be like but remember we were standing in the stairway and they moved us out of the right. stairway yeah so we were outside and then we were inside and then they were like okay now we have the stuff send them back out again yeah so then you'd have to stand back outside and it was like what the fuck are we doing here it was very weird it this was is very insane weird. yeah like yeah. yeah it made you feel like okay is this what i want for my life is to just be kind of dragged around by this like guy in a van that's like okay yeah tell him to fuck you know like, yeah. what who is that person telling you what to do with everybody yeah lose the fat guy what <laughs> move him off to the side but i do remember like when i was telling that like my parents were flying over <laughs> like they, they, there was a guy in the van like shut him up cut him down shut him down like they were trying to <laughs> like this guy's a fucking idiot like 
don't, you know, move the camera. So, like, as, as soon as I finished the story, they were, like, fucking, you know, moving That's on. That's so funny, though. Oh, my God. I would give anything to see that footage. But that was a while. That was, like, 08 or something. Yeah, that was a long was like fucking two, time ago. 2009, Was it 09? Yeah. I feel like it was 2009. We brought Welby Santos with us, and oh, that yeah, was we good. Did. And then Max Malt and oh, Andrei Wanziak. That was fun. Yeah, we rented, the three of us went, rented one room in the Delta. Because Andrew was like, we got to stay at the Delta. <laughs> We flew ourselves there and put we did. ourselves up and rent Max rented a car for all of us and Welby That's yelled right. directions from the back seat and Right. <laughs> Welby got his own hotel. I don't know why you guys just got a fucking hotel. I fucking got it online. And then <laughs> He says he says he booked it online, right? Yeah, like hot wire. And, just yeah, started. like and back then it was yeah, it was this he new thing. Heard of and he's it. like, oh fucking, Welby was on you got to fucking it. get it online. You can't fucking. <laughs> so he orders it online, and then the next day, like just perfect theater. <laughs> he's giving us shit for how much we spent on our hotel room and how much he's he's bragging about we how spent much he like saved. Like two hundred dollars total. He's bragging about how much he saved in his hotel, and then the next day we meet him at ten a.m. for breakfast. He looks fucking exhausted. <laughs> And I'm like, what uh, what happened at the Chateau del Cheap? And he was like, oh, fucking stupid fucking air conditioner wouldn't shut off and the fucking sink was running all night. And the co- So like there was all these things happening at this cheap hotel that prevented him from getting a good Filipino fucking bamboo sleep. Jesus, why would you say Filipino bamboo sleep? That's the name of the hotel. <laughs> Not racist. Oh my god! Booked a room on Hotwire called Filipino Bamboo Snuggle, (laughs) but he he couldn't sleep. He he couldn't get a wink in his shitty hotel. (laughs) And he shows up, and but the fact that he told me the story revealed something to me. I was just like, if if I had saved money on that hotel, the next day I would have been like had nine coffees, so that when they were plugging me about like how was your stay, I would have been great. You know, like I wouldn't have revealed it and yeah. been like fucking stupid people at that hotel. It's like, yeah, but you you're the one that cheaped out. Yeah. And took a room there. I mean, it was called what it was called for a reason. What was it called again? I'm not going to say it. Because <laughs> I want to put it in the description. Kathleen <laughs> says Filipino Yeah, bamboo. you keep on putting in the descriptions only things that I say. I was like reading I know, this last one. I'm like, I should. Yeah, that was bad. I shouldn't have done that. I took some of them insulting. out for the tweet. I always have to edit them down for the tweet. The, well, yeah, because the last one was the Jana podcast. Yeah. We don't know what this one's going to be. We don't know what this is because we're a couple episodes ahead because we fuck up a lot. But Montreal was fun. Like, it's a fun city to be yeah. in. Yeah. Like, as soon as the audition thing was over and all that was, like, put to bed, it was fun. Yeah. Like, just hanging out there with Max. Because Max was the slowest eater I've ever seen. Like, oh, my God. Never seen a human being eat that slowly in my life. It took him two fucking hours to eat an entree. <laughs> I've never seen anybody do it. I've never seen anybody eat that fucking slow ever. <laughs> he would just the piece that you would just and he was he never stopped. Just it wasn't like he pieces. would it wasn't like he would take a big bite and then read the newspaper. He would continually eat just fucking meticulous yeah. like a turtle. <laughs> like a turtle. Like a he little did turtle. Like a little gray-haired his, turtle. His hands moved like a turtle's hands. That would sometimes go and he just ate so as we were like, Max, are you ever gonna fucking finish that lasagna? <laughs> yeah. And he'd be like, Relax. Like he was so chilled out. Like I he think was he was also exhausted. He might have been. Like I he was for him he was basically hanging out with children. Yeah, he like, was. He was a dad hanging out with yeah, like was. unruly children. <laughs> yeah. And Andrew, that's like four unruly children. That's in right. Line. Yeah, because Andrew appears to be a grown up. <laughs> 
but is in no way for shape form. Yeah, Andrew. Yeah, Andrew will just learn a couple things about you and then murder you with them over yeah, time. Destroy your life. One oh. time, Andrew, uh, I had been seeing like this guy, and I remember was he Andrew tall or thought short? he was. He was they're always tall. I can't date short. I should have. Maybe a short guy would have been good for me. But now I have a tall one, and I like it. Yeah, because a short guy would have been like, you know, he was. Uh, short people have a better chance of being ripped because they want to be tall. I don't like ripped. I'm not ripped. I don't want to expect. You don't that. know. I don't know many short guys that didn't don't go to the gym. Really? For sure. Danny when De you're Vito. short, you're like you can't grow up. So <laughs> Danny grow... DeVito. Well, <laughs> Danny. I like how you hit me with that. Like <laughs> Danny DeVito. That's my guy. I believe the kids call that Uno. <laughs> <laughs> Checkmate. Dano. <laughs> you got me with the short guy that doesn't work out. But the short guys I know work the fuck out. Yeah. They can't grow up, so they grow out. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I can't go this way, so I'm going to go that way. Uh, yeah. I'm going to trick girls. <laughs> I'm going to trick their brain with my shoulder size. And my truck. I'm going to sit in my truck, and then I'm going to talk to them. You're short. Like, yeah, you fucking look at this rotator cuff, you slut. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if I said anything wrong there. Sometimes you react like I've just been racist. <laughs> no, you were racist. I haven't been. You backhanded a slut. That's basically. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I should yeah. Nobody's a slut. <laughs> Even in a fake story about nobody. <laughs> I don't know why I care. Like the people Even that listen to this are in a fake story gonna... about nobody, you can't say slut. At this point, I feel like any attention is good attention for my career. Would you do something like, ouch, I've been in a horrible... Would you do so, like, would you jump off of a building and break your legs forever? Not for... And then go attention. up in a wheelchair at Dakota's in Kelowna? No. Is that no. something that someone has done? Well, I just feel like you need to turn yourself into a more marginalized... You know, like you need to be... Just f f drop the straight thing for six years. <laughs> drop the straight You can't just drop the straight What is more... Bisexual? Oh my god! Bi. If some people are gonna get a hold of this one, and then we're gonna be just smeared all across the internet for being—I don't even—it's not even that bad. But it, someone will be hurt. Oh, who gives a shit? I know. So Mark Norman tweeted something out that was so funny, and it was like—I'll uh, uh, find it because I don't want to fuck it up because I retweeted it. I'm, I'm like, oh, this is the tweet of the year because it's very much. Well, I'm not saying anything bad. I'm saying no, like, no, you're not. If you want to be the successful, you, you this, need another layer. Of and then I have a knee-jerk reaction. I'm like, this is offensive because I, I'm not allowed to pretend that I have something wrong with me. You know, like that's that's how nervous people are. Where is that joke? Oh, here, 22 year old, <laughs> down with hate. We need to coexist. Same person. I hate your act, and we'll work hard to get rid of you. <laughs> it's true though. It's a very yeah. like weird society where. You're only allowed to be offended by the things that offend you, but like if I don't know, it's like you cannot, you you cannot hear the word no, or uh, it's like everybody feels like well now we're all supposed to belong. Everybody belongs. I'm gonna say something stupid going this because I'm high, but yeah. you, if you understand what I mean, that it's just become this weird culture. Well, yeah, I mean just the fact that we can't even really we have a podcast that no one's listening to and we still don't feel we comfortable still having weird, a discussion feel weird. about it, right? Yeah. Because you feel like somebody could just cut this out. And I think put that's it somewhere stupid. Else, I think that there then... should be more conversations about this kind of stuff even if it's a little weird because like that's if you shut down a conversation that somebody's having about it, it's just their thoughts coming out and I think if you talk yeah, about it Yeah, their old fucking wrong side of history thoughts. <laughs> I prefer to sit on the fence of history. <laughs> and let those motherfuckers fight it out. 
I'll be up here on the jagged edge <laughs> waiting to see who wins. I hope it's white straight males. <laughs> you sick piece of shit. <laughs> that was like when we did that. Where who are we, you cheering for? Nobody. Remember we did we did Jim's show at a at a suburban bar and it was like yeah. rich old white men everywhere as far as the eye could see. I remember we got there and. and we realized that Charles Haycock, who was supposed to be headlining, wasn't going to be making it. Oh, Chucky Hardcock. He yeah, was he at was... Just for Laughs. And then we were like, oh, Just for Laughs started. And, and look at this. Yeah. But there this were a is, lot of... Yeah, this is... As, that was, We were like in the corner saying, like, this is as far away from Just for Laughs as you can possibly yes, be. Yes, it is. But I just remember, like, doing that set and, like, they had that group of girls in the front. They were really cool yeah. and fun. And then there was that one table of just, like, older white dudes and one of them just kept shouting stuff out at me. And I was just like, st- I just. Was he really? Well, every, like I said something about. That was Jim, actually. <laughs> Jim was screaming. I said something about, oh, there's, I know that there's a swingers club in this neighborhood and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's at my house. I'm like, that's what I heard. I knew I recognized you when you bent over. I'm like, I was like, I'll never forget how long those balls were. <laughs> oh, you sicko. I'm a sicko. But how that's dare what you? It, but then, like, I guess he thought we had a rapport. So I guess it was kind of my fault. But that's not a comedy um, club, so people don't understand. But yeah, so he just kept shouting stuff out eventually. I just kept yeah. ignoring him enough that he got disinterested. Well, it was so loud there. Like, I'm, when I was on stage, I was talking to Jim. I was and I was on stage. And we and appreciate like, the spot, Jim. Thank you so much. I was, I was like, hey, what? Uh, I was like, hey, what's that? St-? I'm like, you know, this comedy set feels like. What's that style of swimming where you're underwater? <laughs> and this lady's like scuba da, and I'm like drowning. <laughs> it's the drowning one. It's, didn't hear that it's the one without the oxygen. <laughs> Scuba drowning. I feel like I'm doing the underwater swimming without the tanks on. <laughs> What's that called again? Scuba di- drowning. <laughs> I'm drowning up here. Speaking of drowning, I'm drowning in debt. And, oh, uh, no, you're transition? not. I'm pretty, I'm actually, my credit card is almost fully paid off and that's all I really have other than my mortgage that I'll never pay off. But uh, I'm going to go more in debt because I do want to buy a car. Probably. What kind of car are you going to get? I'd like a Nissan Rogue. What I year? Really would. I, I well, a obviously I want Nissan Rogue. You've really got your heart set on a Nissan Rogue. I just Rogue. like them. They were comfortable. They're fun to drive. What if a Toyota Highlander falls out of the? Oh well, yeah, but I'm realistic in what I can afford. I can't afford a Toyota Highlander. I can't can afford, afford a, a Rav Honda 4. CRV. No, I can't afford any of you those. You don't even have Rav4 money. I don't got Rav4 money. Shit, bitch! What have you been doing? I have not been investing with Cantilly. K4 Financial. People with money get more money by talking to Kent. <laughs> it's true, but I don't have any money, so uh, we're going to try less. and win some money. Can't Apparently, Kent can't do anything for people that don't have any money. Yeah, they, he, he can only... I mean, what kind of financial advisor can only work with people that have cash? Yeah, what if we, you should be able to work with people that don't have money. Kent, do you, you need to let us know if you do work with poor people. <laughs> <laughs> do you do financial pro bono work for those of us Where's who would like quarter? a... quarter? Did you steal the quarter? Did I? I probably did. <laughs> you... What type of race does that make me? Oh my god, that's so do something racist now. Funny. Okay, I cannot believe that you did it. I got watermelon gonna, winnings. Ooh, watermelon winnings went up to ten thousand dollars. Let's say one dollar. I think you know what we need to do is we need to go. Let's buy some twenty dollar. I'll buy a couple twenty dollar ones and see if we start winning anything. All right. Because this is episode twelve. Oh, I thought we won a thousand. Wait, ten thousand shit. I, I'm too high to figure this out. I'm like, how many zeros? Fuck, I got kind of excited. <laughs> oh, my God. RAV4! Like, just if you screamed out RAV4, that would have been great. <laughs> That's Wait be a like minute. The, that's the meanest thing to 
play on anybody is like give them one of those fake lottery tickets. Oh, I, they have those. Oh yeah, that look is, on look on YouTube and say that lottery is prank ticket. Evil. It's evil because people that are like that is fucking <laughs> that is evil. That is that's probably one of those evil. San Francisco, remember in the nineties, San Francisco that store. I bet they would have sold it. Oh yeah, back yeah, in yeah. The, day. The, the store yeah, the, San Francisco that had like unicorn banks and oh yeah, stuff in there would be like real big these days. I feel. whoopee cushions, a lot of whoopee cushions. God, I love San Francisco. I've never seen a fake lottery ticket, but that is. Oh, I, I gave one to my mom. You did? That is so bitchy. <laughs> I was a kid, though. I was like, oh, really a child. Young. Okay, okay. And I'm like, oh, this would be funny. And like, I made my mom cry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's Wendy. a horrible thing to do to Wait a minute, like, wait a minute. Did she think she won like five grand on a. $5,000. Okay, yeah, I can see. So did she break down and cry well, when she thought she won? Yeah, no, she, when she found out it was fake, she cried. <laughs> <laughs> that is fantastic. But I think she like didn't want to see... I think she just was like, oh, no, that was a great joke. But she was like... Oh, I would have been devastated. <laughs> yeah, if so, I, if I thought I won 25 Gs, <laughs> and then a little girl was like, actually, you won zero, mama. You fucking... <laughs> oh, wow. I wish you were adopted so I could kill you. You won zero, mama. <laughs> Ah, well. Oh, my God. I'm so sweaty right now. Oh so we God. won nothing again. We won nothing again. We won $2. Thanks for $2 listening to another shitty once. episode that got a little transphobic when Kathleen kicked Shut in. <laughs> wow. I can't believe she went down that road. Oh, my God. But it's she did. All just innocent fun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we have any more. We've we didn't even. I don't even think we said anything that weird in this podcast. No, I don't think we did either. Other than the Filipino bamboo sleep. That's <laughs> Filipino bamboo sleep. Hotel. <laughs> Welby will be furious. Double bamboo tree. Welby, Welby's not even listening. He's turned it off and he's punching a wall right now. No, he's not. Fuck, he's playing a he's playing a video game. <laughs> he's playing a video game. He would imagine how what would have to happen for Welby to listen to an episode of us. <laughs> and the beauty of it is, he would have to listen to forty minutes of us talking about nothing before we got to the Welby Santos person. <laughs> it was just about him saving money on a hotel. It's which all Kent it was. Tilly can do. <laughs> Kent Tilly could do that for you. But thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, thanks for listening. Be a patron. I think we have three, or they might have stopped being our patrons by now. I don't know. Or like, follow us on places. Like, make us feel like you're yeah, listening. Who cares? Just listen or don't. <laughs> We're gonna <laughs> keep you. making them. And I'm gonna keep sweating. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Be racist to each other.